Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Did you know using your browser in incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? Take back your privacy with IPVanish VPN. Just one tap and all your data, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will be instantly protected. IPVanish makes you virtually invisible online. Use IPVanish on all your devices, anytime you go online at home and especially on public Wi-Fi. Get IPVanish now for 70% off a yearly plan with this exclusive offer at IPVanish.com audio. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Today, we're happy to introduce a special guest, David Harry, SEO consultant with Verve Developments and founder of the SEO Dojo. Thanks for coming today, bud. Well, thanks for having me, of course. I kind of tracked you guys down. (laughs) (laughs) we got to get this out there. We love it. We love it. It's been a while since we had you on the show. This isn't your first time, is it? No, I think of once or twice, and yeah, Webcology and Synergy. So yeah, I'm, I've been on around this for a while, but yeah, I haven't done anything for eight months. So, you know. oh, there you go. You take a, a well, quite a break, did you? Yeah, you just had to. Like we were talking before the show, you know, you get the writing thing does wear on you after a while. And you know, I was doing two, you know, podcasts for five or six years, doing two hangouts a week and writing, and you know, it was like okay, I need, you know, then clients. You know, I, I started to forget what my kids look like. So yeah, good, good for you. Well, welcome, welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> What's that old saying? They dragged me back in. <laughs> oh, don't they ever? Oh, man. Well, uh, today's show is about Rank Brain. Now, Rank Brain, that's Rank Brain, was the news of the search engine world on October 26, 2015, when Bloomberg Business released an article titled Google Turning Its Lucrative Web Search Over to AI Machines. Now, that's some link bait. All right. Okay. So. <laughs> Since there's been wild conjecture about what, what Rank Brain is and whether it has anything to do with ranking, today's show is all about figuring that all out. And we brought David on because he has just written an article calling, uh, called Getting Your Head Around Google's Rank Brain. So I guess first let's start some basic uh, before we get into this because I know, David, you're going to have a lot of uh, – uh, well, you've got lots well, of great points, but using some, some words that maybe our listeners don't know very well. 
Well, well, real quick, let's make sure people know where to see his article because um, he published it on the SDM post, and it's it's one of the best articles I've seen so far on the subject. So I just want to throw that out there. David did a ton of research and he really dug into this deeper than anybody so far. So that's why we wanted him on the show. And take take some time, go read this article. Absolutely, yeah, definitely. It's going to take uh, you know, you make sure you have a good coffee and you your your head's on straight. It's a bit of if you're not into SEO, it can be a bit uh, tricky to get your mind wrapped around. But it's 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 good stuff. So. So first, some key definitions. What is semantic? Semantics yes. uh, are, uh, in this case, the study of meaning. Or, uh, and this is right from Wikipedia, it focuses on the relationship between signifiers, like words, phrases, signs, and symbols, and what they stand for. So uh, semantics is something we use a lot in the show. We talk about it all well, pretty much every show. I, I always have a good example I, I try to give folks, especially sure. you know that are trying to learn or get their heads around it. Um, what a search engine's using semantics for is just like you, you said with that definition is understanding concepts and, and you know what is a page about. The one I like to use a lot over the years is um, Jaguar. Okay, you've got a car, you've got an animal, you've got a football team, you've got an operating system, and so to you know this one word, Google has to now figure out well what is this page about, and so it's going to look for other semantic relevant terms like uh, big cat. Um, Predator, you know, short fur, et cetera, et cetera. That's probably not going to be a car. Be the football team. That's <laughs> the football yeah. team, right? <laughs> exactly. But yeah, so in a simplest uh, definition, that's kind of how what semantics is to a search engine. It's it's trying to relate words, phrases, concepts, and and put them together to better understand what a page is about. Perfect. Thank you. So, what about vectors? How would you describe that, especially in this realm? I mean, it's the vectors. There's well, three different ways of explaining what those are. I mean, depending on your, the, the topic. Yeah. Um, traditionally, you know, again, so well, like we just said, normal uh, traditional semantic analysis is going to use words and, and look for common words, common themes and concepts, whereas vectors is turning these words now into more of a numerical sense. Okay. And so so this the, the vectors are, are a numerical representation of these words, and it's almost like a graph showing, you know, you can think of them as nodes almost, and, and how close is this word related to this word, and how close is this word related to that word. But it's a more of a numerical sense, so you have a, you know, a predicted percentage or a pre- predicted numer- number that shows you, you know, within reason, this number is closer to this number, right? So, right. essentially nodes. And all of these are connected to machine learning, which is yet the other thing, which is um, – and it just freaks people out, I know. <laughs> We're not talking like the ultimate artificial intelligence here. Machine learning is very uh, an essential part of, of, of building these networks, isn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, the machine learning is, is again, it's taking it out of the hands of, you know, we always call it turning the dials. Like someone at Google's turning the dials on this algo or that algo trying to get better search quality, whereas – now, essentially, the machine learning, the system is going to try for itself to learn what's working and what doesn't. You know, you could probably use click data and things of that nature, and it's going to try and use the artificial intelligence and machine learning to slowly figure out, okay, what's working, what isn't, retrains itself. And then in the case of RankBrain, it's kind of like the old Google dance. It's not uh, on the fly. RankBrain is more of a data push, meaning they'll do the, re- the machine learning. It's like they're babysitting it offline, you know. <laughs> the, you know the machine learning is trying something. The daddy comes along and says, okay, you're doing okay here. Okay, fine, we'll push it out. And you know, then they'll push it out into the index. So, yeah, RankBrain is not happening in real time. And the machine learning isn't happening in real time. 
And an interesting way for me to describe machine learning to people is, is if, if you're following instructions on how to do something and, you, and you're following the instructions and all of a sudden you're doing it in real time in the real world and you realize there's a better way to do something that's in the instructions, machine learning will automatically implement that better way that it figures out a better way to do something based on what it's been told to do already. Um, and that's a big difference from what we've, and a lot of people have been talking about artificial intelligence related to this. And correct me if I'm wrong, but the artificial intelligence does not exist yet. I mean, if you're do if you're a piano, not player, yeah, not, follow- not in the not in not in the day. Yeah. Like, if you have a problem. <laughs> exactly. Kind of thing. Yeah, no, if certainly if- not. And if you're a piano tuner and you're following instructions on how to do tune a piano and you you can adjust those and improve those instructions, that's machine learning. If you're writing music and creating something beautiful, that's artificial intelligence. Yeah, There's the yeah, difference. Definitely. Yeah, it's not making up its own rules and classifiers. It's following what it's been told. So, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Hmm, makes me want to... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look this up while you guys are talking here. Does artificial intelligence exist? And I bet oh, you there are applications it, where it does exist. Well, and I'm but sure there's a lot of scientists terms. getting funding that are going to say yes to, right? Yeah, it just, and, it, and it depends on which definition of artificial intelligence you follow as well. Yes, but I mean the real one. Because <laughs> we, well, you know. Has, has, any, has any machine pa- fully passed the Turing test yet? Isn't that, yeah, isn't that the definition? Isn't that I know a lot of this is in robotics and things of that nature. And, and you know, yeah. nothing I've seen because, you know, it, literally I'm just such a pathetic geek. I don't really watch, like, sitcoms. So after I finished doing all this research, I started went to YouTube and started watching all these documentaries on artificial intelligence and all this other stuff. And, yeah, I, I don't think they're really, you know, quite there by any definition we consider. So Yeah, the, the, they're not coming to get us yet, but they will. Well, okay, so here <laughs> – Major AI researchers and textbooks define this field, that's artificial intelligence, as the study and design of intelligent agents, in which an intelligent agent is a system that perceives its environment and takes actions that maximize its chances of success. So I would imagine that if that's the case, then yes, there is. Yeah, you, certainly. There are like robots and things like that going on that, that have some sense of awareness, right? I think the but, ultimate but, test in what I was watching these documentaries apparently is making robots that play soccer. So, right. Yeah. There's yeah, but but, but those are people that are trying. Those are the <laughs> same people who are trying to get funding so they can continue their artificial intelligence research, right? So they're going to say, "Yeah, we've done it," right? You know, the Turing test. Alan Turing developed this test in 1950. I'm reading this, by the way. I'm not this good. Um, and, it, and it basically said, <laughs> no, no. It, "Yeah, it's it's." <laughs> This test tests a machine's ability to exhibit intelligent behavior equivalent to or indistinguishable from that of a human. That Turing test is basically what is going to define a real artificial intelligence when it's indistinguishable from a human. That does not exist. No, there's no machine that's passed that yet. The Turing. Oh well, yeah, unless it's maybe a three-year-old human. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're not defining what intelligence yeah. level that human well, in question yeah. has. Yeah, I know some humans that can't pass quite a few tests that would. <laughs> that would. <laughs> so you're a good point. <laughs> that'll, that'll go down a deep long hole here. Okay, so uh, the the final one is is the final word here to t- discuss what our, our topic in this case is hummingbird. Now hummingbird in many senses from what I've been read, not only from your article, but just from what I've read about the uh, rank brain is, is essentially like the fledgling version of rank brain, isn't it? 
Yeah, you, you could even consider, I think probably that rank brain is, is a part and parcel, a smaller piece thereof. But oh. a, a lot of this, including hummingbird and rank brain, I think at the end of the day, this is really geared towards the holy grail, which is voice search. Because a lot of what came out around hummingbird was conversational search and how that works with Google. So I, I think at the end of the day, so much of this is really geared toward that holy grail. You know, we were, I have, Frank, uh, Aussie webmaster, and I were talking the other day, and you know he's in Australia. Mate here is in where I live in Canada means my wife, and whereas mate down there means a friend or something else. So it's it's trying to understand these different dialects and different words, and and how this eventually is going to pan out in the world of voice search, which I think is where all this is headed. So hummingbird was kind of the, the real first step towards that conversational search type approach, and I I think a lot of this is the same thing because it's looking for ambiguous queries or words or queries it doesn't quite understand. So it's predicting what the the answer to that question is. So I think it's it's maybe it's probably actually part of hummingbird. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I mean, you know, we, we kind of skirted what it is. So you just tell, you pretty much give a bit of a summary of of what Rankford is. So why did you write this article? Well, just because there wasn't a a, a lot of sound understandings or discussions about it you know obviously as usual google's not telling us exactly what's happening <laughs> so you know everyone's left with their conjecture and i started reading some link baity type of posts and i you know other people that were making statements that it's you know when it comes out meanwhile it's been out for almost a year probably a year or more now um so there was just a lot of confusion private groups i was a part of people were like how do we seo for rank brain and all this stuff and i was like okay that's it you know okay so like i told you before the show this thing kind of just flew by the radar back in October, and you know, Bill and I kind of chatted, and Bill wrote something, and we all just went on with our lives. And the last few weeks, obviously, it's uh, sprung back to life. So I figured <laughs> someone had to dig into some of this, and right away, I started finding these Word to Vec papers and patents that were about you know turning. And Google had a project. You can go if you've got Python on, installed on a machine, you can literally go and download the code and and get your own Word to Vec project running and see what it does. You know, you can if you really want to get into it. So, so you mentioned Word of Vec. Let's, I want to talk about that a little bit later because that's really specific to a lot of what's going on with Rank Brain. But you know, when, when you said there's a lot of information out there, there's a lot of information that just was plain wrong. So just kind of, I just want to help our listeners understand what not to worry about. What is this not going to affect? What is what? What are some of the things you don't have to worry about when you're thinking about? Okay, what do I have to do for Rank Brain? Right. Yeah, um, I, 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 you know, know so many copywriters as we all do in this industry, and you know, for folks like that, this is a great thing because it, it's just another step down the road of, of you know, keywords are dead. And you know, I used to say it a long time ago, and I would tell people think phrases and concepts. You know, like Google mm-hmm. came out with things, not strings, and. You know, people say, well, what do I do for Rank Brain? And I tell them nothing. <laughs> if, if you're still growing organic traffic month over month with whatever you're doing, keep doing that because this has been around for a year. This isn't just popped up because someone wrote about it, you know, two weeks ago. So if you're doing something and it's working, you're good. Um, you know, when you're writing, don't, don't, you know, you shouldn't be keyword stuffing at this, you know, 2016 anyways. But, you know, don't get caught up in, in overly, you know, trying to think what words I want to rank for in this, this post, you know. Think in terms of writing more naturally, writing things that support, again, going back to the, the example on semantic analysis, writing articles and, or content that is more natural, that is, you know, again, it's natural language processing. So write more natural, support the concepts on a page as opposed to trying to stuff it with keywords and things of that nature. Makes sense. So, so uh, I guess I'm just trying to keep this geared towards our audience. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Traditionally, um, 
when I say traditionally, years ago, basically how the search engines worked was they'd gather a bunch of data about your site. They'd crawl it or however they get they'd get all this information about your site. They'd gather the data and then they'd analyze it and score it. And different factors would get different scores. And that was, those were the two basic steps. There's a lot of nuances, a lot of things in between there. And to me, it sounds like with a combination of Hummingbird and Rank Brain, they're really focusing on a third step tied to those two that are really it's really about the query itself and understanding what's being asked. Um, does that make sense? Is that, is that an easy way to explain this to our audience as far as how rank big rank big yeah. fits into the, the picture? Yeah. yeah, definitely. You know, hummingbird is, is a good tie in as well because yeah, this, this is kind of more on the user side, understanding what someone's actually looking for. They've already got their own ranking mechanism for pages, you know, from page rank to other things. Um, so, the, you know, it's not as much how a page is ranked. And, I, and that's the unfortunate thing about the naming here. <laughs> I swear to God, somebody, somebody, oh, yeah. at Google, somebody at Google's like laughing at their ass off the day they came up with that one. They're like, I know, oh, let's I put know. the word rank in there. It'll drive the SEOs mental. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole this bunch is, of rolling on the floor laughing somewhere. You know? Yeah, I think the name of this is definitive proof that Google does hate SEOs. Yep. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're getting the kick out of it for sure. So, yeah, you know, th- this is almost as much the query side of things. Understand what users are looking for, you know, how they're going to serve, what pages are going to come back for that is a totally different animal. You know, this does potentially re-rank pages, but only in the sense that, you know, it, it's better understanding, you know, I'm looking for an auto body shop, I'm looking for an auto garage, I'm looking for, for a repair shop. You know, instead of four different sets of results for that, this kind of, you know, hummingbird and rank brain thing is going to say, okay, these are synonymous, these concepts that the person, of what the person is asking me are related and synonymous, so let's just bundle all these search results together, as opposed to before, almost it was like an exact match kind of a system, you know? Right, so, and you, you mentioned that, that it does change rankings, so it, it doesn't impact the algorithms itself. What's it doing to, to impact rankings, or how does that work? Yeah, so so the way it's going to impact rankings, or has been, or is doing, is, is because it's it's reformatting that query to itself almost. It's almost talking to itself, saying, "Okay, this is what they we think they meant," you know, as opposed to this or this, you know. So now I'm going to spit back these results as opposed to before I didn't. Before I had this technology, I was more of an exact match, and I would take a you know we'd just stick back what we thought. So a set of ten results now will have a re-ranking element to it in the sense it's going to pull a more synonymous set of data or pages from the index. It's not a scoring mechanism unto itself. It's not looking at a page and saying, okay, this is going to get a boosting or a dampening or we're going to give a scoring element to it. It's actually changing how it's perceiving the query, which in turn, of course, is going to change what results it brings back. So in that sense, it is kind of ranking things, but it's more, it's, again, it's not a direct scoring. It's more changing how it's perceiving the query. So, so, so let me understand if I get this. So let's say someone has a query that's um, a photo of President Obama, right? So they specifically in that query, they're looking for a photo of. Now, would RankBrain look at that query and say, oh, because they're asking for an image, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to weight the image elements on a page a little more heavily than I would have weighted them in the past. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, certainly. A- again, you know, like you look at a conversational search, um, you know, you could – you could put into Google Voice, which is only on Chrome from what I know, and obviously on your phones, but you could put in um, a set in a search task. You could say, you know, um, who is the president of the United States? And it would bring you back results for Obama. Then you could literally say to it, who is his wife? 
Now, normally you put into Google, who is his wife? That's not going to bring you anything back, but it will actually, with Hummingbird and, and obviously by extension this kind of stuff, it would bring back stuff about Michelle Obama. So it's conversational search, just like it sounds. That your search task, as it goes along, it's going to add one to the next to the next till it thinks you've finished with that search task. So, yeah, it, it's going to do that kind of stuff. It's going to predict what, what, okay, what does this mean and what do we think this means, you know? Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Okay, well, let's uh, take a quick break, and we come back. Uh, we've got some more questions for David. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know their SEO experts, but did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today at BruceClay.com. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrands with a... Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital. Our guest today is David Harry, SEO Consultant with Verve Developments and founder of the SEO Dojo. Today we're talking about rank brain and, well, what it means and whether or not it has any impact on anything in your life. So I guess that comes down to the, a very simple question. Does it change the way we do SEO? You know, I, again, it depends how you're doing SEO. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, like I was saying earlier, if, if you're still growing your organic search traffic, I don't think you have a damn thing to worry about. Whatever you're doing is working. If it's not broken, don't fix it. So I think you're fine. Um, if you're keyword stuffing and you're overly focused on keywords and things of that nature, it, you know, down the road, it, it's part of this evolution. And, and I think you still got to get away from that a bit and you know, focus on concepts and entities. And an entity, for anyone to simplify that one, since we didn't have in our definitions earlier, is a person, a place, a thing, an event, things of that nature. Interestingly, the word to vec project, meaning when they take the words into vectors, they actually talk in there about taking um, entities like New York City, for example, which is three words, but it would create one vector, meaning one, one 
meaning for that as an entity. New York City is a place. So it doesn't understand that as three words. It understands it as one entity, one concept. So I don't think there's a whole lot I would tell people to change if it's, you know, you know, they, they said this whole, it's, it's one of the top three ranking factors, but that, that's what people have written. And I don't, if you look back at what the person said, they said it's one of the three most important factors. And obviously to them, 15% of queries is apparently what this has affected. And so, you know, that's what, how many billion of searches a day? That's a lot of, you know, that 15% is still it's, substantial. It's, <laughs> you know. four, it's 4.3 billion searches a day. I just figured it out for a presentation last week. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah, if you understand a search geek, a search engineer, and how he's thinking, to them, I'm sure better understanding queries is damn important. You know, so here's, here's, link, links are important, yes. Content on a page, always handy. You know, blank pages don't rank too well. And obviously how Google perceives a query and how Google understands a query is paramount, paramount to them. You know, how they classify that query, how they understand it. So, yeah, I'm sure it is one of the three most important things. They didn't say it was one of the three most important ranking factors, scoring elements. So I think that's gotten right. blown out of proportion. So, so here's an interesting c- correlation. Um, you mentioned entities a lot, and where's the the other place we talk about entities in SEO a lot is is knowledge graph, right? And how the knowledge graph ties to, to entities. There are definitely certain things that we try to do to to help our clients show up in the knowledge graph better, make sure they have the, the data in the knowledge graph is is correct and accurate. Do you see any correlationary tie between the two of those? Yeah, again, there might be. Like you look at someone to give people better and a simple example on the the vector stuff. Um, you know, one of the research papers, they talked about, you know, king relates to queen, and because, but king also relates to prince, and princess relates to uh, queen. Therefore, king relates to princess. I know that sounds kind of convoluted and strange, but that's what a, a, almost a vector is, is that, that the word princess relates to king because it relates, because king relates to queen and queen relates to princess. It's a stepping stone. I, I, you know, the, the relevance on, on entities and the knowledge graph, there was even a paper that kind of mentioned some of that stuff. But this, again, goes back to understanding those queries or, do, you know, ambiguous queries or, or unknown or unclear queries. So, you know, it, 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 probably, it probably relates to anything. Queries, I mean, sorry, entities and non-entity type of phrases. But, you know, directly, you know, it's, I don't think it's going to change your rankings on that kind of effort. So. I'm curious. So what do you think, like, I, I realize that because Rank Brain is, is really more about understanding and, and providing us a, a result that is more relevant to what the person is actually searching for and it doesn't have anything to do with the actual rankings. But when it comes to uh, this, I mean, it's it's about context. It's about machine learning. The more context it has, the better it can do. So would you think adding more schema to a site would perhaps be a good well, it'd be good anyway, but what do you yeah, think? I was it'd be, say, yeah. Yeah. But do you think yeah. it probably has some context or some additional would offer some help with this as well? Would it certainly be something that would help rank brain out, wouldn't it? Well, yeah. Would, again, anything traditionally we're doing, you mm-hmm. know, anything that's giving more information to the search engines, because again, this isn't going to score schema. It's not going to score links. It's not going to score no. words on a page. So anything that you're traditionally doing to give more information to Google is all going to be better because once they figure out this weird query that they're not entirely sure of, if your page satisfies what they're looking for, then yeah. So, yeah, sure, schema's going to work. You know, local stuff, having your nap all consistent, you know, which is name, address, phone number for folks not quite sure. It's a local space terminology. But anytime you're serving, giving them more information on our traditional methods and strategies we use, of course it's going to ultimately help you with this. But again, rank brain itself isn't scoring your page. It's no. just changing how... 
what it's asking for from the set of results that's already in the index. Mm-hmm. So, so the, kind of another correlation of the content piece, right? So when let's let's look at answers. Remember when answers came out? We were f- trying to figure out answers, and one of the things that we noticed was that, you know, when they were pulling answers to fill the answer box in the search results, a lot of times, not all the time, but a lot of times, those answers came from pages that had also posed it as a question and answered that question, right? So a lot of people started creating content pages that were question and answer pages so they could help try to leverage answers. Would it be theoretically helpful to start creating content pages that were more conversational, right? And I'm not. I'm just. I'm just running this through my head as we think now because I'm not really sure how to how you would do that. But it seems to me that if if this is about conversational search, how my my brain immediately goes to okay. Well, how do I make content that fits better into a conversation than a question? You know what I mean. Most of search is a question. How do I make content that not it doesn't answer a question that but participates in a conversation? Again, but you, you're you're not. The conversation side is actually with Google and the end user. What you're doing with content mm-hmm. is providing answers to those questions. So sure, you know what I mean. If you've got pages that have that question, but you know, going back to the schema thing, like look look at recipe markup and things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you could potentially see something where maybe you asked how to make some type of uh, recipe or some type of dish. But Google wasn't entirely sure what that dish was. It could turn to Rank Brain to say, okay, can you t- give me a sense of what it is this person's looking for? So, again, if you're supplying that answer, now you might actually start to come up in those results for something more obscure that, that you might not have before. But, I, yeah, I don't think you, you really need to on the page as much be conversational because, again, that's conversation is between the user and, and Google itself. What Google's going to bring back is the answers to those questions and, or that conversation. Yeah, see, what awesome. I like to think about when I, when, I, when something like this comes up, like Rank Brain, which obviously like, we've already established it has no impact on whether or not your site's ranking, or you know, in, in this case, it's, it, the results are already there. But what it does is I like, it, I like how it brings a focus to other things like the schema, um, like how you might run a write. I mean, if anything, if, if it at all helps people focus a little more on creating better content, how many copywriters I've met over the years that, you know, in my private groups that curse and swear at their clients who want them to, you know, stuff phrases and keywords and all oh. this. It drives copywriters nuts. And, and this is the kind of ammunition they could take now to their clients to go, no, <laughs> we want to be more about concepts and, and flowing and natural language and, and solidifying concepts around entities and things of that nature. Forget the keyword stuffing. Forget just trying to get, you know, and again, like we're, we're Google might come back going, you know, the automotive example, where it might have looked at four different queries and brought four different results back because of the way that of a simplistic semantic analysis. Now it's going to say, okay, let's just lump all this together and then rank these pages. So it can surface pages that may not have been surfaced before on, on higher end queries, right? So yeah, your content it puts the onus back on content in any way you're supplying information to Google. If it's through schema, if it's through, you know, recipe markup or anything like that, you know, that's or or building around entities. You know, giving like if you you know, I've done product descriptions for like a, a sports uh a, a sports provider, you know, like 
baseballs and there was collectibles, I think. You know, so, you know, I would put stuff like a, a short paragraph in the description about the 1943 World Series or what the hell ever, you know, it, because it gives context to that page about that collectible. So now it's almost bringing more information back. It's not just a page, an e-commerce page where, you know, this is, here's a trophy from 1942. You know, <laughs> put, put, a little, put a little background in it. Build out that product description almost like a miniature article to bring context back so that someone's searching for a product. Google might want to bring that page back for them because not only does it have a product description, it has a little bit of history around it that it'll, you know, through a knowledge base or something else, it can look at and say, okay, well, that makes sense because this relates to that. All right. Well, let's uh, take another quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to tie up the show with a few more questions about, well, what people should be doing. And, and I think uh, I can hear John's got something on his mind as well. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. Are you paying too much for your paid advertising? Or have you quit altogether because it seemed like a huge waste of money? I'm David Ogletree, president of WME Training. Did you know that companies waste 25% of their PPC spend on average? At WME Training, we can show you how to make your AdWords account a lean, mean, converting machine. Whether you're just starting out or want to take your skills to the next level, we have a class for you. Contact the marketing experts at wmetraining.com. Reinventing keyword research, simplifying campaign optimization, redefining competitive analysis, SpyFu brings you an entirely new way to find the most profitable keywords for your SEO and PPC campaigns. New tools, new data, and a brand new look. We've streamlined SpyFu so that you can optimize your search engine marketing more efficiently, more accurately, and more intuitively. Visit SpyFu.com, that's S-P-Y-F-U.com, and start downloading your competitors' keywords now. Try it free. Conversion Conference, the can't-miss CRO event of 2016. Join over 750 people from dozens of countries gathering in Las Vegas, May 18th and 19th, for the biggest industry-wide conversion event ever. Four parallel tracks of top content will allow you to personalize the exact topics that you want to focus on. Interact with expert speakers at informal networking events and birds of a feather lunch table topics. Meet dozens of leading CRO companies face-to-face in the expo hall. Get hands-on with pre-conference workshops and master classes. Join us for fun activities such as zip lining and Tim Ash's after party in the presidential suite. Oh yeah, did we mention that it's in Vegas, baby? May 18th and 19th, Conversion Conference last year sold out fast and it's expected to sell out again. So don't miss it. Go to conversionconference.com for details right now. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. Our guest today is David Harry, SEO Consultant with Verb Developments and founder of the SEO Dojo. So, John, I, like I was saying, I think you had something on your mind. Well, I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to put it in, in – I'm thinking about our listeners. I'm thinking, okay, let's say you have a, an SEO. He's at a company, and he's trying to get his head around this, and his boss comes to him and says, tell me about Rank Brain. What do we do have to do about Rank Brain? How do you simply explain this to somebody who has no idea what they're talking about? <laughs> 
<laughs> I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. You, you, gotta, tell, you tell your boss, we don't worry about it. <laughs> you know, like, doesn't always work that way. Unfortunately, bosses don't usually take that as a as a good answer. I, I, how would you? How would you? In your in the simplest terms possible, how would you tell your mom what this is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so much fun at a family get together. No. <laughs> so what have you been doing lately, Dave? Well, <laughs> where's everyone going? Come back. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we ever get much happiness talking about our business. No, no, no I, I get that all the time. I just tell people I work on the internet. Yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that's it. Yeah, but I tell them again, I'm a spammer. They don't ask me any more questions at all. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I think if I was going to, you know, point, you know, and I do. I've got corporate clients that have asked me, and I just, you know, I, it's the same with AMP pages and things like that, or you know, back in the day when Schema came out or anything. I often tell people, let's just calm down and, and see how this works out because we've seen many things come from Google that. You know, they throw away a year later. So, a lot of times, <laughs> yeah. my, my first advice with anything new is just wait. <laughs> Don't start knee jerk reaction. One of the guys said, I was doing a session about this the other day, and, and someone in a little chat on the side said, Hey, by the way, knee jerk reaction.com is available. <laughs> or knee jerk <laughs> SEO or something like that.com. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, I, I think if I'm going to lean anyone in any direction in my meetings with my corporate clients and stuff, I, I'd be telling them that, that, that to look at the larger context, that, that, Everything is starting to look towards conversational search, which is ultimately going to get you into you know to mobile and voice search and things of that nature. And I think this is just another piece of that larger context that I would move them towards. Rank Brain on an, unto itself, I don't think I'd be telling people as much. Here's specifically what Rank Brain does and what we need to do. I would take a larger context and, and talk to those around me in the sense that okay, this is part of Hummingbird, which does this, and this is all on an evolution going towards voice search down the road. Because you know, Googlers I've talked to in the past, the reason they seem to, and I, I agree that it's a holy grail, is <clears throat> because a lot of the world have internet infrastructure, right? You know, but they all got mobile phones. You know, what I mean, and this is why Google has such a, a big, you know, hard on to use a phrase, sorry, but it's why that's there is because, yeah, so much, you know, look at the third world. You know, they don't have in, internet infrastructure, so they have, but they have mobile phones. So I, I think of anything, I'm going to say, let's go that direction. I think on a secondary level, um, like we've been talking about scheme and other things, make more concise content, make more, um, you know, make better content that, that tells Google exactly what the page is about and what you want Google to know about it. So I, I think those two things is what it leans you towards. I wouldn't directly be trying to do anything with Rank Brain, but I'd understand its evolution and the pieces of where it fits into the larger puzzle, you know. Mm-hmm. I would think one of the positives of Rank Brain is that, well, if you, if you, <laughs> Going back to rankings here, kind of a loop here, but if you did have a good ranking anyway in search results and uh, RankBrain happens to send more traffic because it's showing that result more often, because actually showing that set of results more often, because it is very valid, you got good content, it actually could be delivering better results. Yeah, you, you'll show up in more queries because, again, yeah. it, it's going to take those concepts around a query and spit back pages. So, yeah, if you've got strong ranking pages, things like Hummingbird or RankBrain are actually probably going to have you showing up in more query spaces than you did before, which, of course, means traffic. So, yeah, most and, certainly. And send even better quality traffic. Cause, yeah, 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 for sure. Which is, yeah. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> uh, but it also, I would imagine, make those first few rankings more critical than ever. I mean, how many? Indeed. 
Yeah, yeah. indeed. Because, yeah, again, you're going to probably be showing up for some longer queries and, and l- ambiguous queries that you didn't rank for before. So most certainly, they, you know, that, that click bias, meaning for folks who don't understand, click bias is just, you know, someone's going to click number one listing on Google 60% of the time, number two, 33, so on and so on. That's click bias. So that above the fold ranking probably with this type of evolution of Google becomes more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, th- well, think about where this is leading eventually. You think, think about 10, 20 years out when you're sitting in your Google driverless car and you tell the Google car, you say, you say hey, take me to get my Jaguar fixed. Well, is it going to take you to the auto body shop or the vet? <laughs> <laughs> let's hope they get that right then. yeah <laughs> uh, well, that might be tesla though tesla's also doing it right so you know, yeah, yeah your google well, car will google. just take it but no you wouldn't even would you know it'd be like that cart that uh, pixar movie or whatever where everyone was big fat and they just sat in chairs all day yeah. just, just, really, think about it john do you have to get in your car no you literally sit in your house. You sit in your house and say, you know, um, you know, go get me these new shoes that are on sale at this store by me. And the car just drives down there. Someone comes out of the store and drives it home to you. You're not even at leaving least, the house with your Google car. I figure. At least there's someone at the store that can take the shoes out to the car. Eventually, that's going to disappear too. <laughs> you, don't need, you only need one pair of shoes your whole life. You don't have to reuse them. <laughs> We're out. Yeah, that's true. I looked Actually, at the I looked at a geopat a couple of years ago that was really kind of interesting in the sense that it was even looking at temporal natures of where and GPS to where you're moving, meaning, you know, if you're going to work every day, it will change results as you take that hour drive. Like if you just said, you know, where's some good coffee or something like that. But it would also look at like maybe every Thanksgiving you go to a city or a state or a province that's a couple over from you. It'll notice that over an annual basis and change results based upon the assumption that you're going to be traveling to this place. So they look at temporal nature tied in with geolocation, which is interesting. So you get into that whole voice search conversation now. You could literally get different rankings on, on based upon where you are, where you're traveling, What you know, is it a weekend? Maybe they're going to show you more golf stuff because you've been going golfing or so things of that nature. So yeah, conversational search I think is going to, or even voice search is going to evolve into this sort of temporal and geographic type of sets of results. So you know that that whole thing we learned years ago with, with mobile and, and geolocal is that you know no two sets of results the same. You know I had people in different cities search the word hockey for me. You know because I'm Canadian, and and literally <laughs> each city. Each person that did it for me was getting a different results of local hockey teams just with the word hockey in it. So even where you're located makes a difference to that 10 blue links. It's not the old days where that's always consistent. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see uh, from a totally nerdy perspective here the, the correlation of the number of algorithmic factors that Google can consider and the uh, size of, of, of storage space and technology. So, I mean, really, it's all just a matter of storage and being able to parse it all, but even they, it only well, have process, processor capabilities. Kind of even That's more it. important than storage. Yeah, well, and the size thing's important. One of one of the papers with the word to vec thing, which again is sort of the engine. Like for anyone to get their head around it, think think that the AI part. You could look at the Google Brain project. That's kind of the AI machine learning part. The word to vec is kind of the, the nuts and bolts of it, and then you know hummingbirds are that conversational thing that ties it all in. Um, but they were saying in the one paper that they had like a 75% success rate, meaning quality, um, with 33 billion words. When they trimmed that down to 6 billion, it, the, the quality of the results that Rank Brain was spitting back went down to 65%. Mm-hmm. So the larger the corpus of words, the better this thing seems to operate and learn. But the larger, the larger that, 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 that 
pile of words is the, the more processing they're going to have to use to get through it all to understand it, right? And it's right. all just going to get. That's probably part of the reason why they're doing it offline as well. Yeah. I imagine, right? Uh, You'd oh, think yeah, though it'd absolutely. be a lot easier to sandwich a whole lot of processors versus. I mean, there's a, there's actually a size consideration for for storage. Yeah. So well, wasn't some- there? Wasn't there an actual breakthrough in quantum computing not too long ago, last, maybe the end of last year? If that actually happens, those quantum computers are like you know thousands of times faster than the fastest computers we have today. Yeah. yeah. Wow, we're really going down the nerdy route here. Okay. Yeah, we've so, gone way, way beyond 101 here. Yeah. So, the train has left the station. <laughs> so if uh, this is this is a, a total poke here because I know that this is, brings up a lot of points, but if if rank brain is not going to be a serious consideration for you, really, I mean, it isn't. Um, what should they be thinking of? Like, if they hear an algorithm, a word of an algorithm, someone's talking about what page rank, <laughs> right? You know, what sort of stuff? If they see an article about something, a nice little link baby article, should they be reading, or should they even care? Well, we all know that the simplest advice in this industry is don't believe anything or everything you read. You know, you have to do a little homework. You have to dig in. You know, that's how I got here on this bloody topic was, you know, I didn't accept everything that was out there, you know, and sadly, you know, you have to. You can't just be blind. You have you can't just blindly, oh, Search Engine Land published it. It must be true. Or, you know, or Matt, you know back in the day, Matt Cut said it. It must be true. We all knew we had to read between the lines with that guy. So <laughs> you, you have to use that, that most important tool because someone emailed me the other day and, um, they said, "What are you? they said? I'm doing this guest, uh, this experts roundup. What are the three most important tools?" I said, "Okay, let me think here. Uh, my intelligence, my wisdom, <laughs> and my brain, because that's the best <laughs> tools. You got to have experience and learn, and you have to to reason things out for yourself. I, I don't think that any of us should just trust anything that's written, no matter who says it. And, and luckily, I, I I I think we're all fortunate to have been in this industry so long." Part of it is just putting it through our bullshit filter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you have to. We've, no learned that. We've learned that over the years. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, I know that you, people who are new to this doesn't don't necessarily have that. But it, and and yes, what you said is exactly true. You got to do your own research and, and dig in and and listen to SEO 101. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You definitely <laughs> every week, and, and, or and, you will and, miss and, something. And, and hang out at the SEO dojo. We'll give him that credit. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, good show. Thanks so much for being here, David. Oh, my Definitely. Pleasure. Thank you for helping me get the word out. It was uh, my sanity. Thank you. Again, David's article is published over at theSEMpost.com. It's probably right there on the front page right now, but if, if not, just search for Rank Brain on the site. I'm sure it'll be the first one that pops up. Go yes. read it. It's worth your time. Yeah, and I published over at uh, verbdevelopments.com on our blog. I actually found a patent from Google on Word2Vec, so I cover that over there. Excellent. Awesome. Well, on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO and Social Media for Advanced Digital, thanks for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Google Plus community page, easily found by searching SEO 101 on Google and Google Plus. You can also email me via ross at stepforth.com. Have a great week, and remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, every Wednesday on webmasterradio.fm. Thanks for listening, everybody.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.